And that should be plenty. But I didn't write them down. That's fine. Let's just try to roll through it. I can't remember. Okay, then get grab a pen and then we'll try and we'll try and retrace our steps. I get it. We'll just start talking about other things and we'll get off track. We'll start talking about the dude eating his passport in the airplane. That's interesting. That's an interesting story. It's not politics. Well, I mean, it is, it isn't, but it is. It is. Everything is politics. All politics is local. That's the point. That's the point. And I'm Carla Porter. <laughs> oh, man. We're not there yet. Okay. Okay, let's welcome everyone to APIL Podcast, where all politics is local. I'm Mike Soupy. And I'm Carla Porter. So today we're going to dive into this uh, first joint address to Congress by our <clears throat> president, by President Trump. By President Trump. He's the president. And last night he gave his first presidential address uh, to Congress, to yep. a joint session of mm-hmm. Congress, and he received really high ratings. He got an A from Republicans who voted for him. Mm -hmm. I can't recall anyone ever saying a president and any of the presidents of my lifetime got an A on their speech. I I get a lot of B's, you Uh know, B's, B pluses, but in A, I don't recall that. Do you recall that? No. Well, there's always an element of those speeches that's not what the base wants to hear or it's anti what they uh, campaigned on. You know, they end up deviating from their message at some point that kind of brings the grade down. Or they say something that's not popular with their base and they're like, well, that's not what I wanted to hear. It can't be an A. I mean, A is perfect, right? A is perfect, and he stuck to that script like anything I say is going to be inappropriate. White on rice? That was <laughs> that one was in there, but... What's inappropriate about that? White on rice. Rice is white. Uh-huh. Is that like an Asian slur or something? <laughs> oh, what are you, crazy? I'm no. not. I, I... White on rice. Yeah, I think it's racist. Is it? I don't believe so. I feel like it's wrong. Did you see the clips of him? Frankly, I eat brown rice. I don't know. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> Did you see the clips of him practicing his speech in the limo before they pulled out of the south entrance there? No. Oh, my God. It's so good. Did he ride with Melania? He rode with Melania and some of his other top people. I don't know if Bannon was in there or not, but I'm sure Ivanka. Bannon didn't go to... I don't think he went. Did he? If he did, he was sitting way in the back. They didn't show him. No. So, But there he is sitting in the back seat mm-hmm. of the presidential limo. This thing that can like withstand a nuclear blast. The What's the name of it? It's got a name. It does. The, uh, it's like the tank or something they call mm. it. The tank. 
It's like it the beef eater or something. The beast? The beast. The beef eater. <laughs> see? But see? It was a good clue. It was a good clue. And it made you know what it was. You did. You did. Oh, the my beef God. Eater. The beef eater. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> so there he is. <laughs> sitting in the back. Sitting in the back seat. He's got mm-hmm. his speech on hard copy. Mm-hmm. And he's like looking at it. And you could like look it up. Because everything is delivered to like his 10.30, 11 o'clock. Have you noticed, like, that seems to be his dominant teleprompter? Right. He doesn't, he doesn't look straight seem on. To, he never yeah, looks yeah. straight on. He seems to, like, favor the left side, his mm-hmm. left. So He's, he's left-eyed. Like, maybe. He's mm-hmm. not dominant in the left yeah. eye or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, who knows? Doesn't want to wear glasses because he doesn't want to appear subhuman. So, <laughs> you know. But there he is, like. dude had Lasix. Are you kidding me? You think that for far vision, he, you don't think he would wear, you don't think he wears glasses. Well, I think I see him squint a little bit. Do you? Quite honestly. Like maybe readers for, for, for yeah. you know, near up, but yeah. I can't imagine him wearing glasses. So there he is holding the paper in hard copy in the back seat of the beast. <laughs> and he's like, and he's like going through the speech and he's like looking up and speaking a little bit. And then you could see he's only getting through like a sentence at a time. And then he's looking at whoever's sitting in front of him because the seats must face one another. It's like this huge limo. Yeah. And he's talking about his message and he's like, you know, nodding his head and then he's going back to it. And, you know, there are so many things that just have like you've never seen them before from a president. That's one of them. He was studying his speech. He was rehearsing. But I mean, in the limo? Well, that's a little last minute, right? I'll say. I'll say. So that was amazing. I'll bet that that speech was actually started well in advance. But things changed. Like, for example, they had, a, he, they had to add in the whole introduction about the... Um, Anti-Semitism and all Anti-Semitism mm-hmm. yeah. and destruction of property. Yeah. And, you know, vandalism, whatever you want to call it. It's desecration of graves, I guess right. is the right term. And that was added in. So there, I, th- I think there were changes. I heard a very interesting commentary. I watched it mostly on CNN. I think you probably did too, right? right. Mm-hmm. Somebody was saying, maybe Jeffrey Lord, it was fairly positive reviews and fairly positive because they've leaked the speech beforehand. So they had all kind of had an idea what the message was going to be. The idea that it was sort of the inauguration speech that he didn't give and, yeah, because his inauguration speech was all doom and gloom. It was cool. Yeah, and yeah, this was dark. a positive, more of a positive. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how you feel about it, and I'd like to. <laughs> I kind of felt like it was sort of like the real estate version of a presidential speech. Like when you do those bid projects and you have the beautiful model that's, the sales that's made to scale and you're pitch. like... You know, none of it really has to be delivered on that day. It's just an idea of what's what's possible. I saw him as like a salesman last night. I heard <clears throat> multiple on-air personalities, mm. and I think I read the word as well, describe it as visionary. There were no real concrete details mm-hmm. in it. There were no, you know, we're going to spend X amount on this or the budget's going to... Be be yeah, that there, yeah. there wasn't a lot of that um, level of detail. Uh, it was a, a very high level, conceptual, over 
overarching large goals that he wants to accomplish. But I didn't even think they were very concrete or well-defined goals. Well, he very clearly said he's building a wall. Okay. He very clearly said um, that we need clean drinking water. We need to take care of our drinking water and, and have clean air. Well, at least he's got the legislation to back that up. On the same day that he signed legislation to get rid of all that stuff, I don't know. I mean, but he, he did give some details, but they weren't they weren't really numbers oriented. Or, I, I mean, I think where he quoted statistics and numbers is where he talked about crime. Mm-hmm. He gave some numbers there and things like that. I feel like the portions of the speech where he was sort of peppering in companies that he's met with and companies that are continue to do good in air quotes for America. It's like the secret code for these people who are on wall street. And then wall street had this like banner day today. Well, the Dow 200 points up like historical, Mm -hmm. some historical number, right? Right. Um, but it's like he said it like those people just they heard enough in that speech to say, let's just keep it's gonna work. Like we're just gonna keep putting it on red twenty three and red twenty three and red twenty. What the wheel's still spinning? He's still talking about it. Let's just keep let's just keep going and going and going. That's how it feels to me. He says something and the next day the market reacts. It's like it's weird. It feels dangerous. It feels really risky. Well, he has to build some confidence, right? Because <clears throat> he got in and people are very hopeful. And he had some um, not not good approval ratings after his first month. He was mm-hmm. like in the in the low forties, I think forty three percent approval, right? Uh, which is historically low, and so he had to go in there and build public confidence. And when he did that, um, I mean, I think I think in some people's minds and some people that have a lot of responsibility, some Wall Street people and, and owners of major um, major business in the United States, he convinced them that he's not a crackpot and that he's going to be able to do this. I think that's the... He's not a loose cannon and he's going to be able to do this. He's like... He's in his cocoon. He's developing. Well, I know. There's that. Or they're, like, no different than the people who hedged all their money in the, you know, the mortgage-backed securities and the stuff that led to the financial crisis. Those people had to know that that wasn't going to be sustainable. But in the meantime, they all became billionaires. They all became billionaires. Well, you know, I listened to the file that you shared with me this morning, which was uh, Bernie Sanders' reply that he posted last night on Facebook where the first half of his video was like 14 minutes Mm -hmm. long. The first half was basically this is what was not covered. And it was, and it was, you know, the, all the social issues and all the things that we care about. Not not all of the things that we care about, but things that we care very deeply about are just not part of the, president's agenda this administration's agenda and then sanders went over the things that were mentioned but this is how this is what he feels they really mean and you know and it doesn't sound good when he breaks it down at all 
This doesn't sound positive when he breaks it down. No. And my hat's off to him for doing that. Mm-hmm. Because well, even he's though the... a person who has nothing to lose. Oh, of course. But even though the party picks somebody to do a rebuttal... Yeah. Which, by and large, I... It was I, so bland. I, I, read through, I read through it. I didn't... I had reached my politics quota by the time the president yeah. meandered out of the, <laughs> out of the was, hall there. Yeah, I just felt it was so bland. The rebuttal was from the Democratic Party. It was so bland. They, they picked a retired governor from Kentucky mm-hmm. who... Um, you know, they picked him because he had a lot of success in his state with enrollment and mm-hmm. in uh, the Affordable Care Act and in health insurance for people. And, you know, he had a, did a couple really good things. There's really no criticism against the the governor, but the criticism is against the Democratic Party that this is all you've got, a retired governor, to do the rebuttal to the president. Like, isn't there anyone in office right now prepared to do that? Well, I even said to you this morning, I mean, I, you know. It if should this have is been what, Sanders' reply should have been the rebuttal. He would have been good. And, I mean, it's if it's any indication, like I said this morning, of like how Tom Perez is going to run things, it's not that impressive to me. Why? Well, the other thing is that the two, he's only been, had his position, chair is still cold. I know, he but just shouldn't. sat in it. I agree, but shouldn't his first thing he did before he figured out how to turn on his computer is what's going to be the our response to this i don't know histor- i would i would have to look it up and see historically if the chair of the committee tip doesn't typically give that rebuttal no so why would he why would tom do it well who do you think picked that governor I don't know. That's a really good question. I mean, that should be the... That's a really good question. The committee, if nothing else. You pick it's a guy a who... It's a fail. It's, it's, it's not strong yet. But I don't think that you can pin that on a guy that's been in his office for two days. I am prepared to do it and have done it. And you're doing it. Okay, moving on. The other... Well, let me just say a few things about his the... the actual content of the speech that I heard. Okay. One thing that genuinely, it's also disturbing to me, but like the idea that he would get up there and talk about spending $6 trillion in the wars in the Middle East and say, yeah, but you know, maybe it could have been four or even three or even $2 trillion if we just had people in there who knew how to negotiate. How do you think the people, and you know, we've had serious casualties, obviously, in the war on terror fatal casualties but overwhelmingly they're casualties that didn't take life their loss of limb their post-traumatic stress i mean that you know you there's a lot of different types obviously casualties Injuries. of war yeah. yeah how do you think those people feel about that doesn't he think about stuff like that there's that there are the 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 commanders they're out in the field the generals that did their best, and it, you know, yeah. And just a few days before that, to say, I remember when we used to fight to win. We don't fight to win anymore. I think he said it last night too. He, he repeated yes, we it. don't fight to win. I what I don't know what they're out there for. All the soldiers, airmen, sailors, marines. I don't know what they're out there for if they're not out there to win. I mean, I feel like a few times they cut to the top brass that were sitting there. Some of those guys are genuinely pretty fuming. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just how they always look because they're. Hard brass military guys. I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. They didn't look too happy to me. Yeah. 
You've got this guy who was up for Secretary of the Navy, withdrew his name. I mean, it's like people don't, I mean, people don't want to fight for you, Don. It's tough. It's really tough because I'm so, I'm very conflicted inside about it. You know that I am. Uh-huh. And there's this level of, I, this, the patriotism comes through where you say, our country cannot depend on one person. He is presently in the the office of the president. He's the president. Yep. But the country is more than him. The country is not him. No. And he will come and he will go. I mean, he's here. He he's here, and he he will. There will be a time when he's not. Mm-hmm. For sure. And there will be someone else. Mm-hmm. He's not the the end all, be all, end all to this country. And I think we have to sometimes have gained that perspective and and understand that this is temporary and hope for the best. I sometimes feel like he thinks he's living in a movie. Well, he has lot he has lived on camera a lot. And like the long term ramifications are not that important because all we're interested in what we're seeing is in, in like what we're seeing right now. Like he was elected and three weeks later had a campaign rally for the next election. <laughs> Like, we have, as if it was a movie and we just dissolved to four years later. And hell, he's still president and he's campaigning for the next election. Mm-hmm. Like, we didn't do any of the stuff in the middle yet. I don't know. It's confusing to me. It's a difficult situation. It's a difficult situation. The media made statements. A lot of journalists, a lot of commentators uh, made statements about how, you know, this is the time he came became presidential. This is the moment he became presidential. Mm-hmm. And there is a lot of flack out there that is, if that's, if that was your bar, your bar is very, very low. Because he could read from a teleprompter, stay on script, not yell, basically, Mm -hmm. um, wear a more tailored suit. Right. That's what makes a person presidential then my nephew's presidential he's got a suit that fits and he can read anything i put and in front of him like is yell. he a president there you go you, you know, know it's confusing it's confusing so uh, you know i had an, an experience where the wife of chief owens who was uh killed just uh, you know very recently since trump has been president in trump's first week they had this covert mission in yemen in yemen right and it's still under investigation, right. in, in-house investigation. Right. But it's very, very, very recent. Yes. And his wife, now his widow, is is grieving, of course, and the family. The His father uh, refused to come. Mm-hmm. Refused to meet the president refused to when meet the, the body president. came. Yes. And mm-hmm. uh, the wife did go. He spoke about it and called attention to Mrs. Owens, and uh, she received applause and appreciation for the service that she and her family, I guess there were children involved, her family and her husband gave to this country, and... um, there, there was resounding applause, and then he made more comments, and then there were more applause, and then he ended up with a comment, well, he must be happy. The, the, the wife was looking up, upward, yep. like at the sky, 
the president said, well, he he's probably, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, very happy because uh, that he he broke a record. Because apparently the applause went on for, I guess, over two minutes. And, and it's potential that, that uh, that's a standing ovation with applause uh, of some record length. But the assumption... I know. ...that from the great beyond, this man would give reality with his wife. And I don't know if they have children. I'm not I sure. I think that they do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The idea that he would be somewhat consoled by the fact that he got a two-minute standing ovation at a guy maybe he didn't even vote for. <laughs> you know, I know, like, but I, I know, but it's crazy. Right. We don't know that. Uh, we we don't know that. But uh, he served his his country nonetheless. I posted on Twitter that he basically the president conformed to expectations because people were saying, in particular, Van Jones on CNN, that he uh, became. You know, this is the night he became the president. And I posted that he conformed to expectations and then exploited that gold star widow. And that I'm a veteran and that it made me cry. And it did make me cry. Mm -hmm. I felt very sad. Um, And the amount of trolling very shortly ensued. There was a lot of people agreed with my comment. A lot of people supported it. They liked it. Other people chimed in. But then you had some... um, Tea Party and conservative people come out and say that I was absolutely wrong. Uh, There was another Gold Star mother who said that she felt that it was touching and beautiful. Mm. Uh, So really a wide variety of comments, but a lot of them were uh, angry and nasty. So you put this comment out there, your, your tweet, your original, your reaction... When you get a question, when you get a response like that, is it something you're at all prepared for? Were you shocked about the way people reacted to it? I mean, the culture is certainly there. I'll be honest. I wish, of course I'm honest. Why would I lie? Well, I hope so. Mm -hmm. I hope we can both be honest with each other. (laughs) It always, all all time. I, I never expected a response. I just put it out there. Like a lot of times, I put out a tweet and I don't get a response. I mean, on really, it. I'm not like fishing for comments. The or, Twitter or anything, sphere, right? It's so large. It's so large. It's very fast moving. Um, so. I mean, I have put tweets out that I was sure were going to catch fire, and you got nothing. Nothing. I had no expectations, or and I didn't plan the. I didn't put the tweet with any planning. There was no planning. It was spontaneous. Mm-hmm. I wasn't fishing for comments or likes or anything. Uh, but it it doesn't stop. I'm sitting here looking at it now, and this is from six, 19 hours ago now, and it is still a continuous. People are talking to one another. People are insulting one another. People are agreeing with one another. Um, likes continue to come in on the tweet. People are retweeting it. And I don't know, it, CNN and Van Jones are both tagged on this every single time. Mm. So I don't know. Uh, not boy, heard I from them. Fans, Haven't heard from them. I wonder if fans going to talk about it. What I think is so interesting about the this phenomenon with this with this woman is that to me it just feels like a PR move. It was manipulative, it, and when I when I googled today, 
how other people felt about it. Mm-hmm. New York Times posted an article. Washington Post posted an article. There are lots of articles out there that all other people have the same feeling. I found that there's another Twitter account, which is Vets Against Trump. Mm-hmm. Thousands of veterans, thousands of veterans and veteran supporters, family members and what have you. You should read the tweets. Many, many, many veterans and veteran-affiliated individuals uh, also agree. It's my thought it was not original, like most thoughts are not, right? If you think it's someone else's also, think except that one idea you might mm-hmm. have. But stay tuned, folks. Stay I tuned, think I folks. got a real winner there. But anyway, uh, you know, I'm not the only person that thought that she was a prop. That she was, she's not a prop. No, the woman is not a prop. My heart goes out to this woman, but I feel that she was somewhat used as a prop for this mission that by all appearances sake was not really successful. The mission wasn't successful. We lost a serviceman. We lost a father. We lost a serviceman. We lost a husband. We lost a son. And, well, one family member at least, the guy's father was vocally opposed opposed to it. So is it more likely that they really hoped this woman would come, first of all, and allow them to kind of like massage the story back into reality and say, okay, so the father wasn't on board. Obviously, we lost the man. It's horrible. But look how we're treating the the family and like, you know, you go back to the Gold Star family the cons from the Democratic convention. And, like, you just feel like it's the end of that story. They wanted to put a point on that story and say you can't attack the president for being anti-veteran, anti-gold family, gold star family, or whatever anymore because this is done. He's, she's our special guest. Here. This is it. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't bring it up anymore. I don't know. I don't think that that incident is going to go away anytime soon. Fusion. There's an article on Fusion here. Calling Trump's speech presidential is the first step to normalizing fascism. So we're not in the majority, maybe? No, we're not in the majority. But there are other people who feel the same way, which there I think are. is which is comforting yeah, to me. It's, right. Because I, sometimes I feel like I'm a crazy person. I watched that speech and yelled at the TV the whole time, so... Right? I, who wants to feel like, do you? Do I really belong in my country? Like, it's, who wants to feel that it's way? It's true. It's, it's terrible. It's terrible. I think that they're, you know, I didn't criticize anyone for feeling the way that they do, they did about um, the president's speech. I didn't go on and comment on anybody else's social media posts that was supporting the president and say, Oh, you know, what are you doing that for? That's wrong. It was terrible. I didn't do that to anyone. I just put my own thought out and was absolutely, uh, again, many people supported it, but many people attacked it. And I'm not sure why people do that. I asked a couple of people to go get their anger in check. I recommended a couple people call the VA because they have anger management there. Mm -hmm. I was prepared to give phone numbers out to helplines if needed. I'm not kidding. I was being serious. Right. Sure. Because some of it looked like they were people kind of, you know, on the edge of something. Right. Anyway. Right. Yeah. 
So that that was a little bit of a of a just of disturbance there, a little disturbing to me. But I also know that you cannot take it personally, and you don't ever have to answer anyone back. So for anyone out there listening, you do not have to reply to people. You don't. You don't. You can just not reply because they comment on yours and then they go on and they forget they even commented on you. It goes by and if you answer them back and engage them, then you're coming back onto their radar. Sometimes letting it go is is just better. But don't, do. don't take it personal and have a nervous breakdown over people antagoni- being antagonistic. Well said. I do think it's interesting he didn't mention the success or failure of the mission. No, he didn't. Well, I th- no, he did. Didn't he said it was very successful? He did not. He didn't? No. Mm. Well, how about, and then today pops up this photo. Okay, so. All over I, social media. Yeah. So I'm doing my morning routine, blending my smoothie, going through my, going through my news feed, and I see this article from a conservative media. group. Mm. Mm-hmm. With a picture that's Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who I personally will never forgive. Sorry, Debbie. Next, sitting next to Keith Ellison, which to me is, you know, it makes me think we're a little bit differently about Keith Ellison. But anyway, they're sitting there halfway back in the crowd. Of course, it's a picture that has Debbie's eyes half closed. Keith Ellison looks like he's saying something really obnoxious to her. Well, she looks like she's looking on her phone. Uh-huh. She's got her phone out. So the headline of the article is essentially... Look at the the high profile Democrat, the high profile liberals, the radicals. They couldn't even stand up while our president is honoring this widow of a fallen hero. So, I knew, in my gut, that at that moment in the speech last night, everybody was standing. I knew it. Because wouldn't you know it? Of all of the non content in that speech, what are we talking about today? Those two minutes where no words were said. PR at its best. I knew it. Everybody was standing. Right. So I left a comment. I was angry. Hadn't had my smoothie. Hadn't had my coffee. I fire off this thing about, you know, this isn't making the situation better and all of you idiots and blah, 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 blah. So an hour later, I start to get comments. I'm sorry, Michael, but I watched the entire speech from this woman. I know for sure that this is true. I watched the whole speech. Mm-hmm. So I gave it a minute, thought about it, and wrote back, I'm pretty sure I watched the whole speech too. And I don't think this is true. So I go to YouTube, find the whitehouse.gov feed. Now, in the world of fake news and real news, if we can't trust the whitehouse.gov feed, I don't know where we're going. Because that should be the real news, right? You would think so. 49 minutes into the clip... 49 minutes into this speech, everybody stands, and wouldn't you know it, Carla, the bottom left corner of the screen, who pops up? Mm. Debbie Wasserman Schultz and Keith Ellison, like two little gophers at the carnival. Boop, boop. There they are. They rise up. Standing with everybody else there. So... Being a thoughtful person, I take the link from YouTube, I put it back in this thread, drop it in there, 49 minutes and 4 seconds. If anybody's interested in seeking out the clip, go to YouTube, whitehouse.gov, president speech, 49 minutes and 4 seconds. 
you'll see them in the bottom left left corner there. So they couldn't even say, oh, the president had such a great night. Let's leave it at that. Nope, it's the president had such a great night and these liberal jerks couldn't even stand and honor this gold star woman and blah, blah, blah. And there was no truth to it. No truth. No truth. Shame on you. That's how I ended my first post. Shame on you. Did you get a response? Of course not. Like you just said. It wasn't sensationalist. That woman left a comment on mine, and she was off. She went to have her pancakes somewhere. She's fine. How I respond to it is not important. She got her thing into me, and I'm wrong, and that's it. In her mind, I'm wrong, and she's right. What's up with that? Well, you know what? That This is the... Some people are antagonistic that way. You're right. She went off and had her pancakes. She didn't care. And wasted your time having to look the video up. But didn't waste my time, though, because I'm so proud to know that I was right. Well, good for you. Yeah. Good. Oh, one other button he put on one of his bigger campaign problems, storylines, was people with disabilities, didn't he? Oh, he did. It's so interesting. You'll never be able to show that clip of him mocking the New York Times reporter again. Because now we've all seen him publicly acknowledge somebody with a, a disability. Spe- a special person. Done. Done and done. When he's about to slash Medicaid. Yeah. And human services. It's weird, man. I'm not a happy American. I'm not ashamed to say that. Did you get your ashes today? I thought about it at lunch. Just taking some from Pam's ashtray. I was going to give you a little. <laughs> How funny Just that? a little mark there. There is this hullabaloo about Kellyanne Conway. Yes. In the Oval Office. Kelly on the couch. Kelly on the couch. Could be your theme song. It sounds like a talk show. Yeah. She I might just, have a talk show soon. I just huh? gave her that theme song. Yeah. You never know. Kelly on the couch. <laughs> Kelly on the couch. Oh, man. Kelly on the couch. <laughs> Kelly on the couch. Holy shit. Garla. What? Kelly on the couch. Oh, my God. Kelly on the couch. It's Kelly on the couch in the morning. It's Kelly, 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 Kelly on the couch. Kelly on the couch. Kelly on the couch. It's like a jam. Kelly on the couch. We got Kelly on the couch. <laughs> I don't know what else we could say about it. There's what is there to say? We got Kelly on the couch. The picture's ridiculous. The picture is worth a thousand words. Is that what they say? Pictures with a thousand words? So goes the phrase. So goes the phrase. Interpret it how you like. I mean... You've got a room full of professional business people in suits standing around, kind of like standing around the... What's uh, the name of the desk? The Resolute. The Everything's resolute. got a name at the White House. It the does. Beast and the Resolute. Standing around the Resolute. Resolute desk. Desk. Yep. And these are people from 
Oh my gosh. Historically black <laughs> colleges and universities uh, yep. and the president is there to say we have an interest in you. I think is the it was was the final line. We're, we're gonna, going to take gonna, you away from the Department of Education and put you in the bucket of the White House so that you get more um, basically more focus, more mm-hmm. and I'm up with that, right? That that's good. That's fine. Right. But then you have Kelly on the couch, who is, like, a, as informal as you could potentially get. You got Kelly on the couch. It's good, isn't it? <laughs> Kelly on the couch. You got Kelly on the couch. So I'm watching Fox News for 30 seconds last night. 30 seconds is as, it's like, it's like being waterboarded. it's all i can take before i give up whatever information you want if i can change the freaking channel like i can't take anymore the five is on megan mccain is now on the five when dana perino's not there i watch for dana i like dana perino i think she's very intelligent she's like all fox has going for it in my opinion love you dana and she says so what's going on with all this controversy about Kellyanne Conway? Kelly on the she's on this couch and she's taking this picture and don't they realize? And then this other goofball is like, don't they realize that presidents have had dogs sitting on those couches? And if a dog can sit there, you know what a dog does? A dog's sitting on that couch and we have a problem with Kellyanne Conway, this beautiful woman sitting on the couch with her knees up on the couch. Having no one liberals don't have a problem when Barack Obama puts his feet on the resolute desk. Number one, Barack Obama is the leader of the free world and will put anything he wants on the resolute desk. Bill Clinton did. Booyah. <laughs> Number two, Kellyanne Conway had her shoes on. So when I go to my grandmother's house, I can't put my shoes on the couch. Kellyanne Conway can put her dirty shoes on the couch look, in the Oval Office. It's, if you look at the position, she's like straddling the couch. Her yeah. legs are together. She's got a dress on. Her you know, it, she wasn't like showing anything by no, any means. Or, no, of there was course, no yeah. immodesty yeah, yeah. there or anything. I'm not trying to allude to that at yes, all. Yes, right. But it was like somebody asked me if that was a photoshopped picture. They didn't believe it. No, that, that's not real. That's photoshopped. They, she would never do that. Oh yeah, that was real. I don't understand it between the inappropriate comments and the inappropriate behavior. That she, the look, I'm going to give Donald Trump a lot of credit right now. I uh-huh. think he is an, a very loyal individual. I would agree. I would agree. It's probably one of his best qualities. Is that if you stand up for him, he will always stand up for you. Yes. And that is a great quality. But. To a certain point, Well, yeah. I mean, a, no, but it's an admirable yeah, quality. Yeah, it is, it right? is. All right, look. But, I mean, you have must have had experiences in your various jobs where you see a new hire and if something happens and you're like, eh, boy, that's, I'm scratching my head. I never worked anywhere that that would have been appropriate. Not even just that, but I'm saying it's a culmination and accumulation of hawking Ivanka's products, fake news, Bowling Green Massacre, feet up on the Kelly on the couch. How many things do they have to be before even Donald Trump says, 
wait, I think I made a weird hire here. Maybe this person is just, they're a great person. And and they might be good with statistics because she was a polling, yep, you know, she you had know, polling company. She gave me a great mm-hmm. contribution to my campaign and got helped get me elected. And, boy, maybe I'm just, I'm like, I made a weird hire here. Maybe I got to make a move. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens uh, if she ends up continuing to be in the photos and on the camera or if she ends up getting moved further back in the White House away from away from the spotlight. We'll see. I don't know. But now. I kind of like that song. So this has been APIL podcast where all politics is local. I'm Mike Soupy and I'm Carla Porter. Thanks for joining us today. Kelly on the couch. Oh, man.